When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Holocron Histories, Star Wars canon versus legends. We're going to take a deep dive into the lore of the Star Wars universe. All right. Well, welcome to the Holocron Histories podcast where we talk about legends versus canon in the Star Wars universe. I am Austin, also known as Teacup. I am one of your hosts for this podcast. And I am Ben of Tamaria. All right. So last week... Glad to be back after I was gone for vacation. So last week, y'all talked about the Corvette, not the car. Yes, um, yes, not the car Corvette. The the spaceship Corvette. Which is the first ever spaceship we see in Star Wars, if you are watching in release order. Yes. Um, which is exciting. Well, we're taking a break from starships this week, and we are going to talk about Cassian Andor. Yes, we are going to go over Andor's history that we know of currently. Um, when, if you're not watching this live and you're listening to the podcast uh, on stream, it's going to be Thursday. So the show's already started by that time. But we are going to go over his history that we know of so far before the show. Because the show apparently is going to be going to a lot more in depth with his history. Yeah. Well, we'll learn about that. So let's just uh, dive into good old Andor. I think that... Here, answer me a question. Yeah. Do you think Cassian Andor is a Kyle Katarn ripoff? Ooh. Now that you say... Oh my god, now that you say that. He's... Yeah, I mean, they kind of basically ripped off Kyle Katarn just giving not giving Cassian's force wielding abilities and a lightsaber. <laughs> right. Well, and you know, this was a thing that was brought up with Rogue One. I don't want to get too much into it, but Kyle's like love interest slash co pilot slash partner in crime is named Jen. Not only that, her name is Jen Orzo. Yes, guys, let's just change one letter. Just this. <laughs> Not only that. Oh, no, it goes even worse. She is voiced by 
the voice actor for Hera Syndulla. What the heck? <laughs> what? Oh my god. But no, but for those of you oh who don't god, know, Kyle Katarn is kind of the like the Legends material person who goes and steals the Death Star plans. Uh, you play you play as him in some of the old Jedi Knight series games uh, that are only available for, for PC, and I'm actually think that they are not very Windows 10 and beyond friendly. Those games. This is the original Jedi Knights, right? Not the Outcast games, correct? Correct. Um, it's the Jedi Knight Dark Forces game. Dark Force. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. The, the so if anybody wants to play them, they're on Steam. Yes. I will note that you might have to do some work around and looking for kind of modders who have modded the files because they are not Windows 10 friendly. Mm-mm. Um, and they are dated. They are very dated. <laughs> Just look at the screenshots. You'll understand. <laughs> yes. And they're great games and the stories are great. But if you can't make it through the gameplay, you can read up on it. Oh, yeah. Or even watch, yeah. go on YouTube and watch like playthroughs, old, uh, yeah. older playthroughs. But yeah, no, God, that, now I can't think of, now I can't stop thinking about that. Now that you said that, hmm. crap. <laughs> well played, I do Disney. Think, well I will played. say this. I think Cassian is rougher than Kyle is. Kyle is kind of, he's kind of jaded, yeah, and cynical in his own way. But it's more in that, like, Star Wars comic mm-hmm. thing. Like, he's like the Jedi Han Solo, is what I've heard him say before. Um, which I think is probably fair. Yeah, I would say so. Um, um, yeah, Cassian, I would say, is a lot more morally gray. More towards a darker tone. Because he... he And as we're, as we're going to go into his early... Uh, his stuff before rogue one that we know so far uh he is okay making some difficult choices yes very much so but anyway we've talked too much so let's get into the (laughs) content yes so in his early life uh cassian uh geron ondor was a human male who was born on the planet fest and 26 bby to a father or mother that we don't know their uh, names as of yet. Uh, however, although records recounted that his origin was on fast, questions about the truth that claim emerged due to the haze caused by covert operations and war. So, that being said, we don't know. Was he truly born on fast, or was he born somewhere else? Because you know he was a uh, spy for the rebellion and. Uh, undercover operative for most of his life uh so like many other rebels of his generation conflict was a constant throughout ondor's life but those many struggles were largely uh, undocumented makes sense uh as he later proclaimed uh providing proven if it was true it was known that he fought as a a revolutionary since he was only six years old aside from that constant battle there was little else in ondor's life so, and I think we, we, before we see Ondor's, since this will go out Thursday, we 
haven't seen the show yet from just the trailers alone you can kind of get a glimpse of it already that he's been fighting well before he was ever a rebel or part of the rebel alliance right and like he says as much to jen in mm-hmm. rogue one where he's basically like i've been fi-. i think he actually says i've been fighting this fight since i was six years old mm-hmm. which is insane yes uh, so during the Clone Wars, uh, Andor joined the insurrectionist cell backed by the Confederacy of Independent Systems that operated in the wilds of the Outer Rim territories and fought against the Galactic Republic. While he never became a formal separatist, Andor saw his first combat experience in the cell as a child soldier in 20 BBY by tossing rocks and bottles at Republic walkers and clone troopers. What the heck? The Separatists. What the heck, guys? Like, I knew the Outer Rim was rough, but child soldiers? Um, he did not, uh, he did not do much else during this time as a child soldier. However, during the Clone Wars, when Andor was so young, Andor's father was killed at the Cardia Academy during the protests against the expansion of the Republic militarism. He lost his mother at a young age as well. So we'll probably get more on his parents uh, in the series, honestly, and get more like in-depth on them and a little bit more actually screen time of his time as a younger child soldier, possibly, maybe. We'll see. Yeah, I think this is a really good kind of segue. Like, I think if the show can do this, it might serve a greater purpose of showing that like that the separatists kind of are the ones that actually form into the rebellion oh okay and we've got we got a little bit of that in the rebel alliance's history or the alliance to rebel against the i mean with the republic then becoming the empire and the empire purging the separatists completely especially when we talk about that on our empire show uh episode Right. They just purged the Separatists, so I can see why the Separatists would, like, reform themselves as the Rebel Alliance to take back. And basically, like, and we we see this in the Clone Wars show, especially with a couple of Padme's arcs, with her friends in the Separatist Alliance, or the the Confederacy of Independent Systems, Mm -hmm. and... Basically, all of their points are proven right when the Republic becomes the Empire. So I don't see those senators just kind of like out of fear falling back into line. I would assume that the senators who are kind of working within the Republic, like Bail Organa, Mon Mothma, all these people, they would turn to the Separatists and be like, I know we've been enemies all these years, but let's work together now. Like, this is not Mm -hmm. okay. Basically saying... Hey, we're sorry we were at war with each other. You were right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's like we were we were lied to. We were we fell victim in a trap that we had no idea was that happened. Both both parties. Um, Yeah, exactly. So then we skip well over like a good like chunk, like 10, 15 years uh his life in a rebel as a rebel intelligence 
After spending time with the anarchist groups that defiled the Empire, uh, Galactic Empire, Ondor joined the early rebellion, which would later become the Alliance to Restore the Republic. After being recruited by General Davitz Draven, who was another veteran of the Clone Wars and became Ondor's case officer, Holding the rank of captain, Andor served as an officer in the Alliance's intelligence branch, and he, which he spent most of his Alliance service in. So we do see Draven in the uh, trailer. I, I believe that is Draven that we see, which is um, oh god, he's in um, he's in the Marvel films. Oh, as, he's um, the scientist. With he's Thor. the scientist in Thor, the older gentleman in that film. Mm-hmm. In those Eric films. Selvig. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't remember half the names. <laughs> but um, uh, that actor uh, is going to be playing Draven, who recruits Ondor, in right. which we do see that in the trailer. Uh, so Ondor establishes a reputation as an agent uh, who is willing to die in the name of taking down the Empire. He often worked alone on missions where he had little hope for backup. He also involved in scrappy but nevertheless vicious battles waged in unclear goals. So, back to where we're like, he's kind of like morally gray, kind of a darker tone. Like, this is the part where he like, he will do whatever he needs to do to get the mission done at this point. Right. Um, becoming a veteran spy of the Rebellion, uh, who took many missions that could deem morally questionable, Ondor maintained a network of contacts throughout the galaxy who kept him informed of the Empire's activities. All throughout his career as an intelligence agent, Ondor also worked undercover, used several aliases and locations under the Imperial control, taking on the dangerous tasks to secure intel on Imperial actions. During one of his missions, Andor needed to impersonate government agents on the planet Ordermantel. While working as one of the government agents, he went by the name of Willix. That just sounds like a Star Wars name. Willix, yeah. Willix. And how it's spelled too, W-I-L-L-I-X. Yep. That That is totally a Star Wars sounding, sounding At name. A 100%. Um, so at a, as a senatorial contract on Darknell, he was Arch, Arc, A-A-Oct, Oct, yeah, A-A-C-K, or C-H. Ondor used the name Jorith Swad, Sword, uh, when he was an assistant to Admiral, uh, Grindref. Ondor also used the code name Fulcrum. When he worked as a uh, rebel recruiter in the Albaro sector, he worked uh, several new agents during the operation under the Falcom codename. He also funneled intelligence to many rebel cells. So, if you heard the name Falcom before, which if you ever watched Star Wars Rebels, you would know Falcom is a uh, secret operative in the Rebel Alliance. Um doing multiple different types of tasks um uh, fulcrum is also like ahsoka held the name fulcrum for a bit Mm -hmm. and then eventually it was um oh what's his name and uh, oh uh agent callus callus eventually becomes fulcrum right and it makes sense like especially in this day and age like fulcrum is an important codename because 
In the early days of the Alliance, the Fulcrum alias is the one, the only person who is communicating between rebel cells. Yes. Yeah. There's um, no, like, grand scheme. Like, there's not, like, a huge... Um, They're not a combined force yet. Right. Like we see in, like, the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. We don't... Actually, Rogue One is the start of that. Mm-hmm. really, of a combined force that comes to oppose the Empire. Mm-hmm. Kind of in the start of Rebels with the Siege of Lothal, but... I would say tor- I would say towards the end of Rebels, because that's when they actually started, like... Yeah, that's what uh, I meant. Being on, the, uh, on Yavin 4 and all that. Mm-hmm. So, by virtue of spending so much of his service undercover in the star systems that were under imperial control he was able to see firsthand how ruthless imperial occupation could be towards the people they controlled with the spy often being stationed on moons and planets that the empire was strip mining ultimately ondor decided to take many morally questionable options instead of doing nothing against the empire over the course of his career while more um, while mo- most of his fellow undercover rebels did not survive their own missions ondor managed to survive but recognized that his successes, like those other agents, did not bring about major victories in the struggling rebel cells. So, yes, he's he's successful in all his missions, but his missions aren't having a, a huge impact as a sh- they probably should. Because the Empire is just so vast. Right. And then during that time, Ondor came to rely on the fact that he was following orders to justify the actions he carried out in the name of the Rebellion. And to BBY, Senator Mon Motha, who was in contact with Draven, managed to unite the different rebel rebel cells in the truly unified Rebel Alliance. Which I will say this about Mon Motha. One... I didn't know that was her name until way later in my Star Wars career because I was like, oh, look, another woman in the galaxy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which, if you watch the original trilogy, there are two women in the galaxy, which are Leia and Mon Mothma. But learning about her, I would hate her as a person in the rebel alliance yeah i can understand that like especially if you read the leia princess of alderaan book or even just like watching her in rebels and just like she's just very much embodiments that whole like oh let's just wait for the right time and do this right now meanwhile there's genocide happening right on countless presence by the empire right oh hey you know let's wait and like not attack the empire and then planets get blown up exactly <laughs> or exactly. or you know if you want to talk about the events of rogue one jetta gets freaking mm-hmm. nuked like the planet doesn't explode but the Pirate City's just wiped out. But... Yeah, I know. It's just... I just don't think we would get along. I think I would be a thorn (laughs) in her side. And I think she would annoy me. That's fair. But uh, now we get to the part where Ondor meets uh, K2SO. 
which this was all new stuff for me. I never knew how they met before, uh, prior to Rogue One because it's just, I think it was ma- mainly comics, I think is when they showed all this stuff. Maybe. May I think so. I'd have to double check. But uh, Cassian proposed a mission to Draven to recover Imperial Protocols on Weekako. I think that's how you say the planet name. Uh, Draven suggested that Cassian take twins, uh, Curtis and Rismore, who were renowned in their skills in gathering Imperial intelligence. However, the twins did not speak much, as they communicated via smell. That's interesting. Smell as communication? Like, what? Uh, the team ex- uh, expected a limited uh, Imperial presence due to the fact that the Wikako uh, was a backwater planet, and upon r- arriving, they found the facility guarded by swarms of KX series security droids and stormtroopers. Cassian imagined uh, Alliance High Command ordered him to turn back, but determined not to end up uh, empty handed, decided to proceed. The team slipped into the sewage pipe and entered the uh, storage facility to find abandoned Imperial cruiser. Ultimately, they were spotted entering the tunnels and stormtroopers began investigating the area under surveillance cameras. Go figure. Mm -hmm. Uh, While they were uh, hurdling, searching for data, Cassian looked for another way out. Suddenly, an alarm rang out and the team was forced to flee. Since there was too many troops along the perimeter, Cassian decided to distract one of the security droids. Um, K2SO and then shut him down. The droid pinned him, but then the twins shut him down and removed his memory. Uh, K2SO escorted the spies to their ship, but they were soon intercepted by stormtroopers. And then when they arrived at the ship, they found it surrounded by troopers. Both the twins ran off, telling him that K2 had all the info they needed. Suddenly, the ship exploded. Cassian realized that he had to get rid of the base programming to ha- uh, to have the droid as his ally and deleted the last memories. The pair then ran uh, to a ship and hijacked it. And then Cassian took the droid back to the ship and learned the new Imperial security protocols. K2SO was subsequently modified to come under Andor's ownership, with the rebel spy developing a friendship with the reprogrammed droid as they continued to work together. So, K2SO, yeah, K2SO, or as I call him, C3PO, if C3PO mouth back to Han. Oh my god, I, I, K2SO is great. I, I, his commentary in Rogue One is the best. Though, I will tell you, fighting the KX series droids. In Fallen Order? In, in Fallen Order. <laughs> it's terrifying. It's my least favorite thing. I would rather fight the second sister on, like, Jedi Grandmaster difficulty. For the KX series are in the KX series ridiculous in the game. Like There's out that... of all the enemies, they're like the worst to fight. I would rather fight a hundred purge troopers instead of those things. Right, exactly. And then there's that one room on Ilum where you walk mm-hmm. in, and there's like thirteen of them. Yeah. I just, yeah. I uh, embrace my inner Dark Souls. When I get into that room and it's hit, dodge, hit, cry, dodge, hit, dodge, hit, dodge. Oh, I just cry. 
It's like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and, and Jedi Survivor's not going to get any better because they are confirmed to be in that game, too. Yeah. And B1 Battle Droids. Somehow. They were in the game. Well, we know from reason, our but... uh, history that the Battle Droids, even though they were decommissioned, they didn't just disappear. True. This is very true. Mm-hmm. But um, with that being said, I say it's time to get into our mid-break. All right. Well, welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about everything that has to do with the lore cast, but are not, this is not a lore cast, with the Holocron Histories podcast that doesn't have to do with the lore of Star Wars. And so this, it's now that I would like to thank our patrons. Thank you so much for supporting with us. Did we read new patrons last week? Uh, yes. Do we have new, I don't think we have new patrons. I don't think we have new patrons either. I I think we're good. But we do have a new review. Oh, you didn't read that last week? No, we just got, uh, it just came in Monday. Oh, okay. But, uh, it's a five-star review. Just saw this today, and this is back on the last Monday. Uh, it didn't Mm -hmm. show up until, like, after we recorded the show. Uh, is this awesome for Star Wars nerds like me, and is still great for everyone else? By SB737. Yes, thank you for that review, um... And you can support us with reviews on Apple and Spotify. And if you leave us some kind words, we will read them out on a future episode of the show. You can also support us via Patreon with a, you know, signing up at various tiers. If you do sign up for our Sith Lord slash Jedi Master tier, you can join us on the show at the end of the month. You can see that um, that will actually happen next week. We will have our patron chat hanging out and doing that next week but if you want to it is not too late if you sign up before then you can join us on this month's episode right Mm -hmm. yep and you can even sign up the day of as long as before we record the show yes and i think we might be talking about ondor reactions possibly well that's still up in the air who knows we'll see is the whole series dropping at once no it's uh the first three episodes out of 12 so three hours so yeah maybe that that'll be fun you can support us there you can also join us on the cups podcasting and more discord server where we talk about all of these podcasts and more podcasts and you can just hang out with us there if you want to hang out in a great hub for video game podcasting you can join the robots radio or robots radio discord where you can find other rocket club podcasts you can find a bunch of podcasts about video games and hang out and talk and learn there. Um, I do want to announce that Ben and I both have new podcasts coming out. We do. Very soon. So as you might have heard, I and my other co-host, SheCup, we are starting the Inheritance Cycle Page by Page podcast, which is a read-through kind of book club discussion of the Inheritance or Aragon books. Uh, she cups reading them for the first time so you'll get some first impression reactions and then ben you have a new podcast coming up i do i am starting the wizarding world lore cast uh with captain shanko from the mcu lore cast 
where we're going to take a deep dive in all the uh, lore of the Wizarding World, or aka Harry Potter. So we're going to go deep dive into that stuff. Our episode zero is up. Our episode one will actually drop the day after this episode drops on Thursday. So it'll be that this upcoming Friday. Or Are if you you're listening. Be... Hmm? live streaming these episodes um the at or? some point where right now we're just going to do the recording stuff um and then just drop them on fridays uh but we probably will do a recording live stream at some point in the future just depends right now we've been recording pretty like at 10 p.m eastern so it's kind of late <laughs> though yeah i could say the same thing i mean uh Two Girls, One Ship, if anybody listens to them, they record actually at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, my time, so. Yes, but I it's, guess it's not really that late. It's 7.30 for Jen. So. True, because she's specific. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. 7.30 for her, so it's fu- great for her. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, I think that's all I have for the mid-break, so we can get back into the indoor stuff. Sweet. All right, now that we're back, more on the Windhelm screen. Did you? Yeah. What? So now we get to this is also, I believe, the comics uh, mission to the Fenzor Fenzer system. It, it's it's spelled really weird. <laughs> Um, so following, like, his, uh, meetup with K2SO, Ondor and K2SO were sent to the Fenzor system to undertake a raid on the Imperial Freighter. Ondor used gas to trick the Empire into thinking that smugglers stole cargo, as smugglers were known to use gas to raid transports. Good to know. Uh, when they got to the cargo room, they found three Wookiees named Dakota Delilah and Wyatt and took them instead of the cargo. Ondor then took them to the monastery moon of Chassia in the Barton sector. There he left K2SO to look after the three Wookiees while he undertook a raid which was successful. So Ondor and K2SO saved some Wookiees. Uh, you're not a real rebel unless you save Wookiees at some point. This is true. It's just if, how if, I don't make the rules. This this is very true. I mean, Wookiees are saved like at least once a season, and rebels alone. So then it go. Then we have investigating the Alus. In Zero BBY, Ondor sent K2 to Coruscant to infiltrate the Alu family. The rebels believed the Imperial advisor Sim Alu and his daughter Akina Akela, were collecting Sith artifacts for Emperor Palpatine. Under the guise of cargo droid named K2SB, uh, K2SO spied on the operations until a ship he was on was stolen by the Wookiee Chewbacca and the young bounty hunter Mavelin uh, Trillic, both whom were blackmailed into assisting Akina, recovered an artifact from the uh, from the planet Ushru, and K2 had been tasked by Akela to pilot the ship there. And when he communicated the 
situation to Ondor. Ondor order him to assist them, but to recover the artifact himself and not allow it to return to Alus. So, um, a lot happened there. <laughs> Chewbacca stole <laughs> Sith artifacts. <laughs> right. Can we just talk about, like, how K2SB? Like, yeah. Yeah. Hey, let's anyone... change one letter in his, <laughs> his name. It's, okay, it's the same astro- astromech. He looks exactly the same, but he's now R2C2. Yeah. Like, what? What? Yeah. And compared to astromechs, where they're just different colors, the KX series is the same color, period. Right. <laughs> they're black with an Imperial emblem on their shoulder. That is it. There is no difference. Oh my god. Yes, that's that's a great great disguise, K2. That's that's great. Let's just change one letter in your name. At least they paint Chopper when he That's true. Plays. At least they do something for him. They yeah. change him into imperial colors at least. Yeah. Now how the Empire I still don't understand. How the Empire doesn't realize like they don't own C units or have any droids that look remotely close to Chopper. Right. And still get away, and they get away with it all the time. It's just boggles my mind. No, there is one episode where there is a, like, a C whatever. Really? Yeah. Because it, like, chases after Chopper, and that's how they get caught. But I mean, he's an old model of Astromech. Oh, super old. And, like, I don't know how. This is just kind of a consistency thing, but like R two D two is an old model of Astromech. True, true. R two is an older unit. It's true. Like the R five, which looks clunkier and. I mean, they have R sixes. Yeah, is a new model of Astromech. Mm -hmm. They even use the R. By the time. But they mainly use I think R fives and R sixes during the Empire. That the Empire use. So now we get to the Ring of Kufrin. I think that's how you say it. These names. These names are killing me today. Uh, Ondor often went to great lengths to recover information about threats to the Rebellion, with the man developing a particular focus on retrieving intelligence about weapons weapons development. Ondor began working to surveil Imperial Kyber Crystal shipments with his uh, contacts, confirming that the Ring of Kufrin was a hub of undercover imperial transportation of the dangerous crystals. Ooh. I wonder what the crystals are used for. Oh no. Uh, Although he could not discover the magnitude of their operation due to the fact that the Empire was using civilian ships to do the bulk of the movement, he reported the development to General Draven. Which, anybody realizes... Kyber crystals, these kyber crystals are using a big weapon that makes things explode. Uh, in the light of this knowledge, in Zero BBY, Ondor was dispatched on a mission to the Ring of Kofrin to meet uh, Tevik, uh, an injured rebel informant from Saul Guerrero's uh, partisans in Section 9. Though Tevik, Ondor learned vital information about how the Empire had built a superweapon which his informant, a defecting cargo pilot named Birdie Hook, 
described as uh, a planet killer. Ooh, he met Brody Hook. Rook, who we all know is in Rogue One. I think we saw this scene in Rogue Did One. Did we? I think this is the first scene we see Cassian in, where he's I with the informant right. guy, and then he kills him. Spoiler alert. You're right. This is parts of the scenes of Rogue One. I did not realize when I was making these show notes. But here, here's some stuff from Rogue One. Um, as he continued to try to uh, coax, coax, God, coax information out of Tevik, two stormtroopers advance towards him. The stormtroopers surround him, having become suspicious of the exchange of the two troopers before they demanded uh, to see Scandox, despite deeming it to be a terrible moral choice, Andor revealed, realized there is a chance that Tevik would have been taken prisoner and interrogated until he revealed what he had told the fellow rebel, which would mean that he would need to kill the informant to protect what he learned from getting out. So yeah, it's like the first scene that we see with Andor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andor only had a few moments to consider the options before him as the stormtroopers demanded answers. He uh, feigned awkwardness before quickly drawing a blaster pistol, gunning down the two troopers. Another trooper noticed the incident and called for reinforcements to Section 9, realizing their uh, Cladstein meeting location was also a dead end. Cassian uh, deduced the quickest escape path was to climb out, but Tevik revealed they would be unable to escape the area because he had an, uh, because of his injured arm. And then, although Andor claimed Tevik, uh, he quickly decided to shoot Tevik in the back and assured he would not capture it to the Empire. Visibly upset by deciding to wait before he reflected on what he had done, Cassian stowed his pistol in his belt, left the bodies, and climbed away before more stormtroopers could arrive as they closed in. And then we get to the events of Rogue One, basically. And if you want to know more, watch the film. The film is really good. Yes, it I might get some flack for this, but I think it is the best film of the Disney era. Yes. I I would I would second that. Uh, Rogue One was phenomenal. Giving us all the back info we want needed. Like great story. Already knew what was gonna happen at the very end of the film because we got it was told to us in Episode four A New Hope back in the seventies. <laughs> Yeah. So then we get to his legacy. Um, with his bravery, bravery uh, having helped to turn the tide of the conflict between the Empire and the Rebellion, Andor became a hero of the Rebel Alliance. Although the path towards victory was littered with the emotional cost soldiers like Andor had to pay by compromising his morals, uh, he had helped change the course of rebellion and history as a whole. And then after Rogue One transmitted the plans to the fellow rebels, the intel was used to eventually destroy the Death Star at the Battle of Yavin. As the Galactic Civil War wore on, Luke Skywalker, the pilot who had destroyed the Death Star, named a new starfighter group Rogue Squadron in honor of Andor's team. Yeah, and uh, kind of more on that, there is no Rogue One Mm -hmm designation in that squadron it is rogue leader and then rogue Rogue two two and Mm -hmm. that's very intentional and then after the battle of yavin a rebel group known as the strikes were ambushed on 
uh, Tanab uh, by units, agents of the ISB. The Alliance captured their transmission from Hut Space, and the sole survivor, Kulon uh, Imat, uh, in a me- uh, memo to Mon Motha, uh, Motha, Mon, uh, Mothma, gosh, words are hard. Uh, Draven wished Ondor were alive as he had been Draven's first pick to extract Imat and bring him to safety for his knowledge and ex- expertise of the Hut Underworld. But that is what we have for Ondor's history as of right now. Until we see more of his history revealed in the series. Um, And mind you, so Ondor season one is 12 episodes. There is a season two. Um, I believe season two will be another 12 episodes uh, at a later date. So we do know we're going to get multiple seasons for him. Yes. Yes, we don't. I don't think it's gonna be the five that were like original. Because I read an article that the actors originally signed on for like five seasons, but I think they have since attempted to renegotiate that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as far as I know, like there's only slated that's only slated for two seasons at the moment. Um, honestly, I mean. We can get a lot of his history, and like, and they can fill the gaps in. But there's only so much they can do because he actually has a end time. Right. Or they have like, actually up to Rogue One, so they have up to two a uh, BBY or uh, one BBY is when Rogue One starts. Um. No. So because so one BBY is the year after the Battle of Yavin. So all of that takes place in zero BBY. Or zero ABY. AB, so okay. one, one BBY is is one year before zero ABY. Okay. So... The calendar uh, sucks. <laughs> yes, so Rogue One, the end of Rebels... Wait, no. Yes, Rogue One, the end of Rebels... And a new hope all take place in zero A B Y. And there's a whole new calendar that Yeah, because it's after centers, the Battle of Calvin. Yeah, and then there's a whole new calendar system now that centers around I think it's called the Star Killer incident or something like that. Oh, that's right, with the sequel stuff. Because there was a dramatic event because you know Star Killer Base took destroyed oh. basically the entire Republic and yeah, uh, we'll get to that when we get to that. <laughs> but we haven't... You can make that the calendar when you start making content that takes place after that event. you got to do mm-hmm. that first. Fair. That is true. But... Anyway, that's is that all we got? That is all we got. Alright, well thank you for listening to the Holocron Histories Podcast. And may the Force be with you. Thank you for listening to Holocron Histories, Star Wars Canon versus Legends. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can also follow us on Twitter at SWHoloHistories and contact us at holocronhistories at gmail.com.
Hi, welcome to Three Count Thoughts. Let me introduce the crew real quick. Hi, I'm Maverick Stone. I'm Rummer. And I'm Jaxus. Join us as we talk all things wrestling. Each week, we'll take a topic from the wrestling world, knock it around a bit, and then go over the week in wrestling from a strictly fan perspective. We can be found on all major podcast catchers. We can also be found at Three Count Thoughts on both YouTube and Twitter. Or you can send us an email using threecountthoughts at gmail.com. Okay, are you ready? Ring the bell. <laughs>